Speaking about thanksgiving, Psalms in chapter 100, we will look at verses 1 through 5. Beginning in verse 1. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his, we are his, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Ben's that it is Thanksgiving week. Topically, I will uh, look at Thanksgiving. And we will go through Psalms 100. Um, We've been in the book of Acts, going through, finishing up chapter 2, but now we're going to take a break here and look at Thanksgiving today. I read a verse earlier, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. It says, in everything give thanks. Does he tell us in everything? Does that mean everything? Of course it does, right? In everything give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And we understand that if we want to know what God's will for us is in Christ Jesus, where do you fit in at the church? Here's a really good place to start. What are you called to do? What are we called to do? The scripture teaches us clearly in Christ Jesus, we're to give thanks in all things. But let's go to the Old Testament as well. Psalms 106 and 1, it says, praise the Lord. It says, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. You know, if his love was not steadfast, it would not endure forever. But it is steadfast, it is unwavering, it is unmoving. And for that and by that we are to give him thanks. It tells us at the beginning of that, praise the Lord. And so we see that we are being called on to do something. A lot of people don't like to do things. People have their lazy boys that they want to sit in. Bonnie sells them every day. Their recliners and, you know, couches and all the different things. But people get in them and they want to sit in them and they don't want to get up. They don't want to do anything for the Lord. Not knocking your furniture, by the way. But we have to understand the Lord is calling us to action. He is calling us to do something in all things, in everything, in every situation, bad or good. Remembering His steadfast love that endures forever, give Him thanks. In most of the definitions given in the Old Testament, the word thanksgiving or giving thanks, thankfulness means to acknowledge what is right about God in praise and thanksgiving. It means adoration, sacrifice of praise and offering. In the New Testament, as in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18, in the Greek it is to be grateful, to express gratitude. Gratuitous. Gratis. 
Gratuity. Anybody know what a gratuity is? It's a what? If you, were, if you ever waited tables, you know what a gratuity is. And I loved them because I was good at it. I loved waiting tables because I made money waiting tables. Made money waiting tables. When a waiter or a waitress waits on you at a, at a restaurant, there comes a, a certain time in that meal where they bring the check out. And a lot of times it's, it's required, but in a lot of places it's not. And you know that as they leave the cash on the little red plate, that they give you an extra ten ones for a reason. Because they are wanting a tip in return. They don't want to give you a ten, and they don't want to give you two fives. They give you ten ones. So you can give them seven or eight or nine or ten dollars. Because they want the most that they can get, based upon their service. Gratuity. We are then supposed to show our thankfulness, to show our gratitude to them by then placing something on the table based upon how well they served us. God's Word tells us that we are to offer up thanksgiving to the Lord. We're to give back to Him. Look at what He has done for us. Look at how He has served us. He did not come to just take over everything. What did He do? He came to do what? He came to serve. He came to serve. This is commanded from the New Testament and from the Old Testament. For us to give back to Him. And I'm not talking about just financially. and We need to. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about through thanksgiving and through praise and through worship. Look at what He has done. Look at how He has served us. He served us. He made Himself a servant, humbled Himself, even to the death of the cross. Look at what He has done for us. Look at how he has served him. Is there any gratis? Any gratuity? Any love that you want to praise, that you want to share with him? The problem that I see nowadays especially is that as a nation, we have become desensitized to the word thanks or thanksgiving or thankfulness. Very desensitized to it. We use it flippantly, we use it loosely, don't we? Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I'm thankful. Right? I'm thankful. Thanks a lot. We grow numb, really and truly, to these words and their meanings. And when this happens, the problem is is that it spills over in how we interpret God's Word. How we view the writing of God's Word. When we downplay these words in our everyday language, then when we go to read God's Word, that's what we're thinking about, and we just gloss over them. We have desensitized ourselves to the, to the meanings and to the words of thankfulness, being thankful, giving thanks. 
thank you. We read in Scripture about thankfulness and it's so easy just to glaze over it. Why? Why is it so easy to glaze over? I'll tell you why. Because David mentions it so much in the book of Psalms. We take it for granted that it's there and we just say, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. We say it so fast and it comes off so quickly. We're ready to get to the next part instead of really seeing what he is saying. See, we have become desensitized to these words. King David was truly thankful because King David was truly a sinner. And King David knew what it meant to be forgiven. So King David was truly thankful. It has become a bypass word. We know what a bypass is. We go around something. We bypass it or even a, a jump over word. It's something that we just say and it don't actually, we don't ever actually do it. We don't really actually mean it a lot of times. We just say it. Open the door. Thank you. <laughs> Give me a plate of food. Thanks. But in Scripture, we know that this holds far more weight than what we know. We even have traditions at Thanksgiving where we go around the room, right? Let each one of us tell what we're thankful for. And at my house, or my grandmother's house in Kentucky, my grandmother Arnold, love her, bless her heart, she's 90 years old. She's still kicking like a spring chicken. She can't hear thunder. She reminds me of Miss Helen and Miss Martha. Don't look at me like that now. That's a compliment. Miss Martha, that's a compliment. But she is 90 now. Kicking like a spring chicken, but she always wants us to do this. In her little bitty house, we get in every corner in a circle and we tell each other what we're thankful for. And you have the few that say, you know, they start and they really begin with truly being thankful. And that's usually the grandma or an or a aunt or a, maybe the papa. My grandfather used to do this and they were thankful for Jesus. They were thankful that he saved them from their sins and that he called them and he chose them and he, and he, he purchased them. And they get really really religious and they talk about it because they love the Lord. And then you have the aunt or the, the niece that you come to and as you're going around the room, she begins to just squall because she, she's not really crying because of, because of thankfulness. She's crying because she's shy and doesn't want to talk about it. And then you get to the kids and the dad who, after you go around the room, a lot of times there'll be a few of them that are legit and the other ones will give some Silly answer of why they're thankful. Some materialistic thing or object or some sports team. I had an uncle one time, a step-uncle, who said he was thankful for Kentucky Wildcats. And we have made fun of him at every Thanksgiving dinner since then. Right? We've used these words as bywords. We've used them as bypass words that we just that we just flippantly throw around. Not understanding that these words 
are calls to action of thanksgiving. Calls to lifting up the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We forget to thank the Lord. Why? Because we've grown cold to His love always being there. What's it say? Absence makes the heart grow fonder. You don't know what you have until it's gone. When you have love always there, a lot of times people begin to grow cold to that love. They don't, they don't take advantage of it. They forget about it and they squander it. And we know that His love is steadfast and His love is sure. And the reason why we forget about it a lot of times is because it's always there and we take it for granted. But He wants us to thank Him for it. For if it wasn't for His love, we would not be called, we would not be saved. If it wasn't for His love, He would have not died for us. We forget about His mercy. We stomp on it because of the sin that is always seems to be present in our life. Sin is there and we commit these sins, these atrocities and in our heart. And then mercy flies in, doesn't it? God's mercy flies in and He forgives us. We don't deserve it, but He does. He has mercy on us. After a while, our heart grows cold to that mercy because of the sinning that continues to go on and proceed. The mercy's still there. He's still having it upon us, but we forget about it. Or even His provisions we take for granted, don't we? Oh man, we take them for granted. How our riches can grow wings and fly away in an instant. How one day we have and the next day we have not. It is all fleeting in vanity and vexation. It is, it is fleeting wind. We believe that somehow we are entitled to water, to bread... That we are entitled to clothing. We take this for granted that it is given to us by our Maker and Creator. You see this clearly in Exodus when they came out of Egypt. Their clothing did not wear out and their food was given to them daily. Their water flowed from a rock like a river is what the Word says. In the middle of a desert, it flowed. And they too grew cold and indifferent to the Lord and forgot. And so the Lord would take something away or punish them. That's exactly what's happening in our nation. Our main, main river that flows right through the middle of our country is, is, is at a breaking point right now, low. Hank Williams Jr. said that a country boy could survive. But I'm going to tell you right now, without water, there's not a country boy on this planet that can survive. See, we need the Lord. We need Him. 
We forget that He gives us bread. We forget that He gives us water. We forget that He gives us the very breath that we are breathing right now. And so in return, because of the service that He's given to us, what should we do? Well, He's given us what we should do, right? And what is that? To thank Him. To thank Him. So what do we do? How do we do this? What, how do we show thankfulness? How do we show that we acknowledge what He has done for us? Well, let's read. Psalms 105, or Psalms 100, 1 through 5. Listen to what it says. This won't take me long. Listen to what it says. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. This has become a joke for most people in most religious settings. Because he says, well, you don't have to sing. You're just making joyful noise. And we understand that to be true. But we've went around that scripture just by, just by belittling it. The scripture teaches us we are to make a joyful noise. Let me ask a question. If you were to measure your thankfulness by this verse alone, how would you fare? By making a joyful noise, how would you fare? Surely his saints will sing to him. After all, he gives us bread, he gives us water, he gives us clothing, and he just doesn't give us the, 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 the needs. He also gives us the wants that he's not even required to do. He gave them meat in the wilderness, did he not? He gave them shelter. He gave them a, 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 a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. He led them. He guided them. He was with them always. And we're to be thankful. Is our measure of gratitude, if our measure of gratitude is displayed by song or by outward expression, it would show us that some of us would think very little of the Lord. Very little. It's the last page of notes, by the way, so y'all just bear with me. Verse 2, it says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. And here we, here we have again. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And now we're serving him with gladness. Enter into his gates, enter into his presence with singing. Here in this passage of scripture, we have service linked with gladness. And the reason why David is telling us this is because he's going to get to his point in verse 3 and he's going to show us how little and how weak and how minuscule we actually are and thereby we should serve him the more. Listen to what it says. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Service and gladness is linked together here and this shows him our gratitude. It's not serving him with a, in a begrudging spirit. That's not really serving him at all. It's serving him with gladness. Out of a thankful heart. Give praise with a 
thankful heart. Ain't that how the song goes? Okay, that's what I thought it was. The first question when we look at this is, do you serve him at all? And second, if you do, do you serve him with what attitude? Is it with a heart of gratitude? Is it with a heart of thankfulness? Is it with a heart that is glad? Or do we serve him begrudgingly? Can't believe i got to come in here and <laughs> sing a song to the Lord. <laughs> Trust me, that's really easy to do as a minister when you're before people all the time. Sometimes it's hard to serve him with a glad heart. Sometimes it's very, very difficult. That's when we search our hearts, repent, and get back on track with Him. Here again, do you serve the King to show thanksgiving? And if you do, do you do it with gladness? Measure your service. Measure your service first and then measure in which attitude you do it in. How do we serve Him? Is it with gladness? Is it begrudgingly? And then I want you to ask yourself the question, what if the Lord only showed us the same amount that we have shown unto Him? What if the Lord only shows us the same amount that we show unto Him? What if He only gave us what we give to Him. I tell you what, there will be a lot of us in a, in, in a very critical, bad state. Right? <laughs> I know this is not an easy message for a Thanksgiving message, and, and it, it, it's not supposed to be. Because one reason the children of Israel got in trouble is because they weren't full of gratitude. They went to serving idols because they forgot who their king was that supplied all of their needs. And we do that too. And we need to be reminded that Jesus Christ supplies all of our needs. He takes care of us. He is good to us. And we need to thank Him for that. Don't take His love for granted. Don't take His mercy for granted. If the Lord gave back to us what we give to Him, we would all, I believe, be in a bind, wouldn't we? This is a place where we can grow. This is a place where we can do better. What did He tell us in 1 Thessalonians 5.18? In everything give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Come into His presence with singing. He wants us praising Him and singing to Him. Praising Him and singing to Him. How do we measure that? Pretty simple. (laughs) 
Are we coming to his presence singing him and praising him? I have to think that Abel, when he went into his presence, humbly went into the presence of the Lord with that, with that lamb or that offering. The firstling of the, of the flock praising him. Humbly submitting to him. Cain, not so much. Not at all. Trusted in his own hands. Coming to his presence with singing. He wants us coming into his presence singing to him. He wants to hear our hearts singing to him. Then in verse 3 it shows us who we are and who he is. And it puts, puts us in perspective of our role before him. Listen to what it says. I love this. Know that the Lord, he is God. It's almost like it jogs your memory. He tells us to do these things and he says, wake up. Don't you realize who you're serving? Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us. When we say that today, well, he made us. We take that and it's, it's pretty generic. But in God's word, when we see that, that is huge. Why? Because he did it. He made us. He created us in the secret place, did He not? In our mother's womb, He knitted us together, did He not? This is why life is so precious and so valuable. From the time of conception, is it not? It puts us in perspective of who He is and what He has done for us. Know that the Lord, He is God, that's who He is. What has He done for us? It is He who made us. He who made us calls us to thank Him, to praise Him, to sing to Him. And it says, and we are His. He made us, He is God, He made us, and we are His. What does that mean? It means He owns us. There are some things that I own that I can make claim to. I own this or I own that. God owns us. If we belong to Him, if we have bowed the knee to our Savior, Jesus Christ, He owns us. And thereby we should worship Him accordingly. David is telling us, you're a sheep and He's the shepherd. He is God. He made you. He called you. You worship Him. Listen to what it says. So it puts it in perspective who we really are. He is calling us sheep. I asked the man that brought uh, the sheep the other day at our fall festival. He, He brought some sheep and some goats and some different things. I said, tell me about it because I've never raised sheep, but I've been around people that have. And, I say, and they all say the same thing. I, I said, tell me about it. Are they really as stupid as what people say and what the Bible says? He said, absolutely. Absolutely. Listen to what it says. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us. And we, all, and we are His. We belong to Him. By many different ways we belong to Him that I can't even get into this morning. We are His people. 
Now he narrows down who, who us is. Who the us's are. He narrows that down. We are his people. Who? The sheep of his pasture. Those that have been called by the grace of God. Those that have received him by faith and repented and put their trust in Jesus Christ. Enter into a heavenly flock. Enter into a heavenly group that God loves. That God takes care of. That God places his arms around. Why? Because he owns them. And we are to praise him for that. And we are his, we are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. That's humbling. Very humbling to know that we are sheep. To know that that's how we are viewed. However, however, if we're the sheep, then he's the shepherd. And we know that the shepherd, though the sheep be dumb, (laughs) the shepherd isn't. He knows the low places, the high places, and the rocky places, the right food. He knows how to speak to them. They hear his voice and they follow him. Don't grow cold to who our Lord is in your life. Don't take for granted His mercy. Don't take for granted His love. Don't take for granted His provisions. Don't take for granted His protection. Worship Him accordingly. And then in verse 4 and 5, as I I close out, listen to what it does. Listen to what it says here. He goes back to what we are to do. So right there in the middle, sandwiched between what we're to do on one and two from, and four and five, right in the middle, he tells us who we are and grounds us with sobriety, puts us in our place, shows us what we are, shows us who he is, and then he tells us this. Verse four, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. From the time that we approach Him, back then you had the gate first with the tabernacle. You had the, the fence that was around at the barrier that you weren't allowed to touch. But you, and you had one gate that came in. And then from there you entered into His courts. That was where the common people could come in with their sacrifice, but no further, just the priests. And he says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter in through the door with thanksgiving, understanding that Jesus is that door. We are to thank him and we are to praise him that we can enter in through that gate. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Behind that first gate, behind that first door, there was a courtyard where the sacrifice took place, where the priests washed, and where the rest of the priests stood inside the courtyard and they would sing praises to the Lord. And this is what David is referring to. 
Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Verse 5, and I'm done. For the Lord is good. I spoke yesterday, yesterday about Sister Patsy and how, how her name was good. And the only reason it was good was because the Lord's name is good. And she trusted in the Lord. Here we see the Scripture teaching us that the Lord is good. He is good. He's good to His people, isn't He? Is He good to us, yes or no? Are we going to worship Him accordingly to how He is good to us or not? We need to. We need to. And even, even if, in, in all circumstances, even in the bad circumstances, we are still to worship Him with just as much vehemency as we, is, as we would if, if He was giving us everything in the world. We're still to. For the Lord is good. And then it says this, and I, and I love it, I love it, I love it. His steadfast, that means unwavering, constant, never-ending. You can't shake it, you can't rock it, you can't move it. His steadfast love, that's not a friendship love, that's not any other type of love, that is an agape love. His steadfast love, agape love, endures forever. That self-sacrificial love, it endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. Today, we need to praise God. We need to be thankful and show that to Him with a heart that is glad, with a heart that is full of gratitude. We need to praise Him and we need to exalt Him and lift Him up like we've never done it before. Like it's the first time we've entered in through that door. When I was saved and that burden was stripped off of my back, I felt as if I could stand up straight and walk better. <laughs> I felt as if that, that I, could, I could go the distance because He had removed something from me. And I was happy about it. I praised Him for it. But somewhere along the way, that grew cold. And here it is. Here we are again. And we are in verse, or, uh, chapter 100 of the book of Psalms. And if you've grown cold, if you have forgotten what it is to praise, if you have forgotten what it is to give back to the Lord, not financially, but from the heart. As we enter into song, as we enter into a time of, of worship, after the preaching, I ask and I pray that you would sing praises to Him. I ask and I pray that you would thank Him as you sing. And I ask and I pray that during this Thanksgiving holiday, that you would understand that King Jesus is worth it all.
Not just at Christmas. Not just at the beginning of the year. This Thanksgiving, understand the reason why we got that big old turkey on the table? It's because the Lord has supplied not only our needs, but also the gravy. Our wants. We need to give Him praise for what He's done for us. You know, it wasn't too long ago that I needed a brown jacket and Joanne showed up with one that was very expensive and I'm wearing it this morning. Camel hair. Camel hair. Very expensive. I did not buy it. The Lord knew I needed one. I needed the jacket. Didn't really, I guess I didn't really need it. It was more of a want to match my browns or my navies. And the Lord gave it to me. See, he takes care of us and we, and we take it for granted. We really do. We take all these little things for granted. And we can't. We need to sing to Him with a glad and a thankful heart. Remember, He humbled Himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. And He did that while we were yet sinners. <laughs> he did that for the ungodly. So that there would be a way for us to come to the Father. Give Him thanks and give Him praise today and this week as we go throughout our week. Let's pray.